Welcome to the Worst Bestsellers, where we read a calendar so you don't have to. I'm Kate. And I'm Renata. And uh, you'll probably notice that this episode is not either of the episodes that we said it would be on the last episode. Uh, Surprise! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This isn't Wonder. This isn't Having It All. This is instead a, a special episode that we did as a Patreon goal where we watched all of the Twilight movies and then discussed them. And this was a really great time that we had. Well, it was a great time that I had. I don't think it was a great time for Kate. <laughs> you'll you'll hear more about that very soon. Um, so we this was a Patreon exclusive for a while. So our Patreon patrons have been able to hear this. And now we're releasing it out into the wider world. Uh, and so first of all, we want to thank again our Patreon patrons for making this possible for us. And we do want to apologize for the scheduling mix-up. We have been trying really hard to make it work, but we are people who have full-time jobs. All of our guests tend to have full-time jobs, and sometimes it just doesn't come together how we hope that it will. But we're still eventually going to talk about those books. Um, They should be coming out in the next few weeks or months. And we're super excited about the guests that we have to talk about both Having It All and Wonder. And we can't wait to get to record those episodes. We can't wait for you to listen to them. So they'll be here eventually. Yes. And in the meantime, you can listen to us watch the Twilight movies and tell a million more Twilight jokes I had never seen any of the Twilight movies before going into this. And, uh, you know, I don't really think, now that I've seen them all, that I was missing very much. Yeah, Kate did not imprint on the franchise. I did not. Uh, especially because the first in the first batch of movies that we watched, I was on some pretty heavy drugs and not allowed to drink. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> well, I, I enjoy these movies sober. I enjoy them all the time. I have watched some of them again since recording <laughs> by my own free will. <laughs> so uh, you'll you'll hear all about that shortly. This was recorded a little while ago, so I actually don't remember what else we talked about in this Twilight movies. Hopefully we didn't say anything that now, I don't know. Hopefully we didn't say anything that horribly dates it in some way. Yes. But if we did, yeah, please understand this was recorded several months ago. We've just been saving it for the right moment to share it with all of you. Yeah, I think it was almost a year ago now. Oh, boy. Anyway. uh, Time time is a flat circle. (laughs) As as we say. Yes. We should put that on some merch. Uh, True Detective Season 3 is us. (laughs) Um... All right, so without further ado, I guess here's the Twilight Movies episode. Um, Thanks for listening to this. And again, these episodes that have been delayed, they're going to be super worth the wait, and we can't wait to share them with you sometime. Uh, And the next episode that we'll be airing after this is uh, James Patterson, Suzanne's Diary for Nicholas. Did I get that title right? You did. Okay, so... Get ready for that. Yes, we're dipping back into the deep, deep well of James Patterson. And that's going to be a really fun episode, too. Yes. All right. Anyway, enough ado. Here's the Twilight movies. Oh, one more thing. Sorry. Is Is there one more thing? 
there is one more thing. Uh, if you are interested in winning a pin from Mackenzie Lee's book, Bygone Badass Broads, head over to our website. If you haven't already seen this, um, we're doing a raffle for one of those pins uh, in order to benefit Trident Booksellers and Cafe, which is a bookstore here in Boston that is very near and dear to us and is temporarily closed due to a fire they had on the premises. That's true. We are doing that. Yes. Uh, yeah, so visit com for more information about that or, you know, I was going to say the Trident website and now I'm not confident that I know what it is. So just go to worstbestsellers.com and click on everything. Yes. All the things. Every single link. Every link. Click on them. You'll find it. Faster. Faster. <laughs> Do it faster. As, as the kids say, mash that button. <laughs> that sounds filthy. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's go. I'm very tired. Yep. Let's go Get it. so I can go to sleep. Get your Twilight Life, kids. Bye. Bye. But also hello. Soon to be hello. <laughs> eyes were black the last time I saw you and uh, like golden brown yeah, yeah I know it's the uh, it's the fluorescence oh do we have how are we gonna start that <laughs> <laughs> like that fucking nailed it <laughs> um, welcome to the worst bestsellers where we watch Twilight because you paid us to yeah <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> should, we re- should we restart it, like, officially? I don't think so. <laughs> I think that was just right. All right. I guess if if you're listening and you don't know how to tell our voices apart yet, I'm Renata. And I'm Kate. And we watched Twilight, Cullen the movie. <laughs> Uh, since we're the Patreon goal, I can't remember how much money, but when you gave us X amount of dollars, I said I would watch all the Twilight movies and report back, because I had never seen any of them, uh, not even the Rift Tracks versions, so we're watching the first two tonight, and we'll watch the rest when I am no longer on antibiotics so I can drink through them. Kate, these movies are enjoyable. You don't need alcohol <laughs> to enjoy this saga. <laughs> I, I will admit I did enjoy the first one more than I thought I would. Not in like a good movie way, but in a good time way, if that makes sense. Yeah, of course it does. Of course it makes sense. Yeah, it's kind of... Okay, I guess this is more to see about Kate's reaction because she hasn't seen them before. Also, we don't really know what we're doing with this episode if that wasn't abundantly clear. So I think we're just going to do, like, sort of short reactions that we record immediately after watching each movie, and then we'll, like, paste them together and put them on the internet, and then you'll listen to them, which you're doing right now. Yes. That is how podcasting works. Yes. We figured it out. (laughs) 60, 70 episodes later. Yes. Um, All right. So general reactions. I will say that I feel like it worked better as a movie than a book because nothing still happened. 
but it it didn't happen it it not happened faster than it not happens in the book and i think it also builds up the suspense about oh there's vampires killing people or whatever i think it builds that up better than in the book yeah, yeah, uh, I think it does. Of course, it also, the other side of that being is there's, like, kind of a little bit more of a letdown when that doesn't really go anywhere, but it moves so quickly that, like, you don't really think about that as much. Yeah. Um, and I we, we were kind of, like, semi-live tweeting this as we went. Um, you can see that archived on Twitter at hashtag TWIWBS. Maybe uh, maybe we'll storify those and throw them on the blog. Yes, that's a good idea. That sounds like something we might do. Um, but I really liked how awkward everyone was. Yes, it's so good. Like, awkward turtle Edward was so much more interesting than, like, suave above it all Edward from the books. Like, the fact that he's, like, sitting there like, oh, yeah, it was an adrenaline rush. You can Google it. It happens all the time. Like, (laughs) it was just so dumb. He was so dumb, and it was so clear that he, he felt so dumb, which made him much more hashtag relatable. Yes. That, so I, I mentioned before that uh, the Twilight Saga was a s- obsession of my Peace Corps class and I, and there were certain parts that we would quote all the time, and one of them was, there's a scene where Bella confronts Edward in the hallway, and she's like, your eyes changed color, what's up with that? And he's like, no, it was the fluorescence, and then he just like walks away. <laughs> And it's so stupid and so funny, and we would, like, just sort of end conversations like that, and I would recommend that you all do that. Yeah, it was, like, it was definitely Awkward Silences, the movie. Yeah. There's just a lot of points where various characters just, like, kind of stare at each other or sit in silence and, like, look all around and don't have a conversation. Yeah. Uh, I'm also, I'm obsessed with Jasper in this movie. Well, in all of them, but I'm obsessed with Jasper. And he's just always making, like, the the emoticon capital O underscore capital O of just, like, wide eyes and straight face. And I'm just, like, staring very intensely for, like, no reason. And it's just hilarious to imagine, like, going to school with this dude. And he's just, like, sitting there in class, just, like, wide-eyed and terrified 24-7, never talking. Like, just think about it. It's so good. He's always in the background of every scene, just like, Wah! And it is, like, literally every time <laughs> he is on screen, he is making that face. Yeah, and if you watch the movie with me, every time he's doing it, I will scream, Look at Jasper! <laughs> it's really fun for everyone involved. Oh, <laughs> uh, gosh, what else? I mean, I guess I guess that's really it. I will say the, the one other thing I'll say, I guess, is that I like all of the adults Oh, yeah. More than anyone else, including the science teacher, yeah, who I find very charming for some reason, despite the fact he only has, like, five lines, which what? is still five more than Jasper has. Yeah, because um, <laughs> Jasper doesn't need lines. He <laughs> communicates through his face. That's all he needs. Uh, the science teacher is, like, really trying to sell people on this field trip to compost. <laughs> <laughs> and it's working. The kids are into it. <laughs> I love it. 
we should talk quickly, I think, about the vampire baseball. Uh, it was really dumb. Okay, what was your reaction? It was real dumb. <laughs> it was real dumb. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> uh, well, I think we promised Becca that we'd keep this in the neighborhood of five minutes. Oh, okay. So, um, Twilight the movie, I'm going to give it mm, five stars. Kate, how about you? I'm going to give it... I don't know. I was trying to think of something witty that I could give it instead of stars. You're going to give it five Jasper faces. <laughs> well, I'll give it like a Jasper face and a half. <laughs> Ooh. All right. Fair. Okay. Uh, so that's it. That's Twilight. Uh, we're going to go watch... Well, we're going to eat cake and then we're going to watch New Moon. So we'll talk to you about that later. But you will not experience a pause because, again, this is how podcasts work. Amazing. Oh, my gosh. Bye. Bye. So you're a werewolf. Yeah. Last time I checked. Welcome back to Worst Bestsellers, where we're tired. And we watched New Moon, so you don't have to, and you shouldn't watch it. What? No, yeah, you should. No, it was it was not very good. I am very tired, and I'm sure that has part of my short attention span with this one. But in the last one, at least, like, it was enjoyable. This just dragged so much. Yes, it did. (laughs) (laughs) But it had some great moments. Jasper's face does not count as a great moment. I disagree (laughs) completely. (laughs) I, I mean, I feel like a big part of why it dragged was because... You know, the last one, there's, like, a certain level of camp to it, even though it's taking itself more seriously than you would think, but because it's setting up everything, it's setting up all the characters, like, there's a sort of, you know, we're looking at it from Bella's perspective, so there's kind of this, like, wink-nudge, like, this is a weird thing that's not normal going on, whereas this is just, like, two hours of someone being miserable. Me. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, but the, uh, I don't know. I still think it's kind of fun. I am very tired. But I still enjoyed a lot of this. I There were a couple parts. The part where it's Bella. Like, so much of this is absurd, too. So, like, the part where it's Bella's birthday and she gets a paper cut and <laughs> Jesper loses his fucking mind. It's so good. It's ridiculous. And then, like, Carlisle takes her away to do stitches and it's like, by the way, like, let's talk about God and existentialism and whether or not vampires have souls. Yeah. Because he's a doctor <laughs> and a vampire. <laughs> and well, how do you pronounce this word? A theologian? I think so. He's... An expert in theology. (laughs) (laughs) We have not had anything to drink, by the way. We're just very tired. Uh, What else? I, uh, this movie also, like, when we put in the DVD and the menu shows, you know, little fragments of the movie, as DVD menus do, and it showed Dakota Fanning, I got so excited, because I forgot that this is the movie that introduces the Volturi for the first time. And Dakota Fanning is great, and Michael Sheen is super fucking great. <laughs> it is. It takes like so long to get there. Yeah. Like we have the freaking like birthday party paper cut scene, and then many many hours of her being sad and making friends with Jacob, and then eventually we get to the Volturi in Italy. 
Yeah. The middle third of this movie was mostly just me, like, slouching further into the couch and saying, ugh. Yeah, same. But I still, on the whole, enjoy this film. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Kate, do you want to talk about your experience of the werewolves? Yeah, the CGI is ridiculous. It is just, I don't know if they were drinking when they were like, this looks like a werewolf. Although, you know, I've, I've yet to see, I think, a really convincing werewolf in CGI. Buffy couldn't do it. Harry Potter couldn't do it. This didn't really do it very well. I either. mean, none of them look like the real werewolves that we of all course. know and have seen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the MST3K werewolf is really, that is the best werewolf you can get. I don't know why they don't just cast real werewolves. <laughs> they're prejudiced. They're racist against werewolves. Uh, it's just unfair. I know. Um, but yeah, like the whole... Uh, this one was less exciting than the other one. And it kind of embraced more of the stuff that I didn't necessarily like about the book. I think you could have made... like Whereas the first one, I feel like it took this incredibly long book where not much happens and found a way to tighten it and make it a more interesting story. This, instead of having that end goal, it was kind of like, well, we're just going to really focus on how miserable Bella is and how, I don't even know. It, it It did not make the same choices that the first one did, which considering it already was a ridiculous book really worked to its detriment overall. And I think if you're, like, a hashtag teen who is, like, really genuinely connecting to these novels, I could see you watching the first movie and being like, is this making fun of the book that I like? And I think if you watch a new movie, like, oh, yeah, this gets it. This movie gets me. This movie gets the book that I like. And I think for a certain type of Twilight fan, perhaps they would like this movie more. But it's not us. I mean, even as, like... I semi-enjoy this movie. I Kate's right. It's not as good as the first one. Yeah. It just felt... It felt like a mope, which is what the book felt like, too. Like, even the part in the book where there's just, like, the six blank pages or whatever, that is basically replicated in the movie with, like, a montage of her staring out her window as the seasons change. Yeah, and it, like, spins around. It's kind of cool. Yeah. I can't think of anything in particular else. Oh, I like that they go to the movie and the movie is called Face Punch. Yes, I liked that. I, I would go see Face Punch. We'll relink to the the blog post about Face Punch that we talked about on the New Moon episode of the show. Uh, the other thing that I liked is the scene where she's meeting, Bella's meeting all the werewolf family and <laughs> what's her name, the main girl werewolf wife Emily Emily brings out this gigantic platter of muffins like like the platter is large and the muffins are large yeah it is just it is a pile of baked goods yeah that I would like someone to put down in front of me yeah um so I guess we'll get to baking before our next Twilight movie marathon and I will perhaps be we'll try not to schedule it for late at night where we're tired because we're we're old Um, but also I will be able to drink, which will maybe make me happier while we're watching them. But also maybe sleepier. Yes, it'll be a toss Oh my god, it went back to the DVD menu and Jasper's staring at us. <laughs> uh, and my mood instantly picked up. 
Ah, and now it's Dakota Fanning again. All right, now I'm like literally just narrating the DVD movies. <laughs> <laughs> so probably it's time to end this podcast recording. Yup. Um, for you, it'll be like no time at all, but for us, we'll be back in a couple weeks oh, is, to discuss Eclipse. This is magical. Yes. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. This, this happened during the Civil War? I was the youngest major in the Texas Cavalry. All without having seen any real battle. Okay, well, uh, hello, hi. listeners. Welcome back to the middle of this episode. <laughs> that no time will have passed for you, but several days have passed for us. That was a week. Uh, anyway, we just watched Eclipse, the third movie of the saga. Um, the one that, the book that we most recently read for the podcast, which was months ago, so not that recent, but... I also had no memory of this. Like, <laughs> I was talking to my friend Margaret at work the other day and I was like yeah like the last time we did it we watched the first two movies and we're starting with Eclipse which I don't think we've read no we read it I just literally can't remember a single thing that happened in it Mm -hmm. and I continued to not remember until things that were happening in the movie started to remind me of the events to come Mm -hmm. it was and it has it's weird too because it does sort of have more of a plot than New Moon which is almost exclusively Bella is sad and makes a friend and then he falls in love with her and she rejects him whereas this did have stuff going on I just couldn't remember it because it wasn't that interesting in both the book and the movie I misremembered Jasper's Civil War flashback as being a huge part of it (laughs) (laughs) it's really not But I still maintain that it should be. We also get Rosalie's depressing flashback, although the movie version cuts out, like, the gang rape that is in the book, which is so weird all around, like... Yeah. Although I do appreciate that Rosalie kills her rapist slash former fiancé slash murderer in her wedding dress for, like, peak dramatic ironic effect. Yes. And I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty good moment. Um, I'm oh. kind of surprised they haven't gone and done Twilight Origins movies, because I would watch that. I mean, I, I would watch the one about Rosalie, too. Pro- maybe maybe not the rest of them. Maybe Alice, just because I like Alice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because, I mean, Alice was, like, in that mental institution. Jasper was in the Civil War, and then Vampire Camp. <laughs> Um, but overall, not Edward. Edward is boring. <laughs> overall, gosh, I everyone looked weird in this movie. They did. It was a constant thing. Like I feel like the stylist, like not just the director, but the stylist changed from the last movie to this movie, and they didn't really look at like stills from the previous movies when putting stuff together. They just kind of like worked off their vague memories from watching the movies like two years ago or something. That seems right. Because they were, like, close to what they should have been, but just off enough that it was distracting the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite stylistic choice, however, was the, like, white person, middle class hiking gear uniforms that all the Collins wear during the big vampire showdown. Like, they all have, like, their North Face black vests and, like, black cargo pants, and it's pretty funny yeah it's pretty into it 
Um, but yeah, even like Alice has a pixie cut and it's a whole big thing about how vampires can't grow new hair once they become vampires. They're stuck. But she did for this one because she had about like twice the volume of hair as normal. <laughs> or maybe she just got really into hair product for this movie. I didn't like it. Yeah, it was all weird. I I feel like, and I, I kind of felt this way with some of the stuff I think in New Moon too. Uh, or maybe it was Twilight, where, like, there was, like, the seeds of a interesting mystery in this. Mm-hmm. Like, a, this could have been an interesting movie about, like, a human girl and her vampire boyfriend who have to work really hard to keep their identities secret, solving vampire murders. Mm-hmm. By but the way, this, this is also this. the day that we learned in Wikipedia that Melissa Rosenberg, who wrote these scripts, also was a head writer on Dexter. And so I kind of feel like a little of what we're picking up on is her trying to be like, what if this is more like Dexter? But then being like, oh, but there's this book it's based on that's not at all like Dexter, so I gotta dial it in, dial it in. But what if? You know, and, and I can understand, too, because, like, when you're trying to write a two-hour movie and you have so little plot to go on, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like, you gotta do something, especially if you want that crossover audience who hasn't read the books. Mm-hmm. Um you know, like I always say that I would, for some of my favorite books where nothing happens, I would sit through a six hour movie where it was just people talking about their feelings. But I do understand that that's not necessarily marketable to people who are not into that original canon. Um, and while Twilight isn't exactly that, it's not even people sitting around and talking about their feelings. It's just kind of whatever it is that fills all those pages. You know, I feel like there's that same sort of impulse. Like, wow, nothing happens in this book. We gotta add something to pull in new people to the franchise. But there's not really much to add because everything kind of gets solved really easily and whatever. Yeah. And it is once again, like the book, I do feel like she just got, like, blackout bingo on her trope bingo card and it is sort of this thinly veiled excuse of like, oh, but like, what if Jacob had to carry her? And what if they had to share a sleeping bag? But what if Bella was asleep and her two boyfriends talked about her and she could still secretly hear them? Like, all that would be fun, right? Um, so there's like a vampire war and anyway, so that's why they're in this tent together. Like. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, it is, it is very, like, loosely, I mean, much like everything else in this franchise. I can't, I think, I think that's, I don't know if I have anything yeah, else to I say. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, the movie ends, by the way, with uh, Bella accepting his marriage proposal, setting us up for Breaking Dawn, which we are about to watch. First, I think we're going to refill our drinks, because I'm no longer on antibiotics, and I can drink for this one. Yeah, plus it's Saturday. We were lightly snowed in, doing some day drinking, and uh, feeling feeling pretty great about our choices yeah, as adult women, to definitely. be honest. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll talk to you in what you will perceive as no time at all, and what will be a few hours for us. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I know that it's impossible, but I think that I'm pregnant. Oh. Carlisle, I swear, something just moved inside me. So we just finished Breaking Dawn Part 1. This movie felt incredibly long, which is weird because things did sort of happen in it, 
But I really looked up at one point and thought we had been like, it must be over soon because we had watched it for like two hours and we hadn't even been watching it for an hour and a half. It was like almost over at that point. Yeah. Kind of. It was just, I thought we had been watching for much longer than we <laughs> had been. Um, I'm like kind of drunk. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I feel like everyone who listens to this podcast is just like, oh, we're not as drunk like all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually the opposite, that I don't drink that much. So when we do the podcast and I have like two drinks, then I get like super drunk. <laughs> and, whew. Good stuff in this movie. Everyone looks normal again after that weird eclipse style problems. Yes. Um, well, everyone looked normal until until Bella got pregnant. Well, yes, but that yeah. I mean that that's that's that purposeful did... looking weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like we gave Bella weird curly hair. Yeah. Although they took away Jasper's curly hair, which is in. Infuriating. <laughs> um, let's see what else. The wedding. The two weddings. The two weddings. Both of her wedding dresses I thought were bad, which is wild, considering like how into fashion Alice is and like how fancy the wedding was supposed to be. But even I thought her dream wedding dress was better than her actual wedding dress. I would agree. Her dream wedding dress isn't like 100% my style. I think it probably should have had sleeves of some sort or at least. Yeah, the dream one wasn't great. But it was better than her actual wedding dress, which really looked like she had put on her slip that she had to put on before she put her dress on and then forgot to put the actual dress on top of it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, like, a like a Project Runway contender, but it definitely looks like a nightgown. I am a person who spends a lot of time thinking about dresses, and it was definitely not good. What other things? The... Them having sex was hilarious. Yeah, they broke the bed. It was very funny. Um, her whole, like, freak out before they had sex was also endearing. Yeah, because she let Alice pack a suitcase for her, and Alice, pa- Alice, fuck, <laughs> Alice packed, like, exclusively sexy lingerie, and Bella was like, oh, he'll see me in lingerie. And, like, even before that, like, she was, like, freaking out, and, like, shaving her legs, and brushing her teeth, and, like, like, trying to be cool, but definitely freaking out, and then when she opened that suitcase, and all that was in it was lingerie, it was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was this, there's, we, I always watch everything with captions on, and during the scene where she's figuring out she's pregnant, there's a part where she's, like, got her hands over her stomach and is freaking out, and on the screen the caption says cell phone rings, so it really looks like there's a cell phone ringing in her stomach, which is hilarious to us for some reason. I mean, possibly it's the sangria was why it was so funny. Possibly. But also it's pretty funny. Yes. Um, but like the moving on from like the funny things, the whole thing with her pregnancy is just like very weird and very after school specially and very uncomfortable. Like, it's the sort of thing you expect out of, like, a teen pregnancy after school special not coming from two people who are married. Yeah. Like, okay, imagine you are, like, a a teen Twilight fan. You've read the first three books. You're like, this is really good. I can't wait to see what happens in the fourth one. Like, you go to midnight release party. You get Breaking Dawn. You come home with that book, and you're like, what? Like, what? 
Yeah. Like, this is off the rails. But even before it gets, like, really off the rails, just like all of the, you know, Bella's pregnant. She wants to keep the pregnancy, but Edward's freaking out because, like... And obviously, in-universe, in it's because human-vampire hybrids are weird. But it definitely reads as, like, an abortion scare story. Yes. Morality tale. So, yeah, that all was stupid. Uh, Jacob imprinting on the baby was f- hilarious and creepy and dumb. Yup. Uh, this is also, though, when Jacob forms his own werewolf pack with just him and Leah and Seth Clearwater, which I love. <laughs> Um, I can't, I can't really compare this one to the books. We haven't read this book yet. So a lot of this was new to me. I did read a couple parts of the book. I was uh, selling books when this one came out and I wasn't at the midnight release party, but like I came into work the next day having read everyone freaking out on the internet. So I immediately like read the pregnancy scene and read a couple other things. But yeah... I feel like more happens in this, but it still felt very long and awkward. Yeah. I'm just, let's just, I'm so hyped for part two. <laughs> <laughs> so the sooner we stop talking about part one, the sooner we can start watching part two. All right. Uh, so we'll see you in seconds in your time and a couple hours in our time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> You imprinted on my daughter? It wasn't my choice. She's a baby! It's not like that. You think Edward would let me live if it was? I'm still debating. Okay, and we're back with Breaking Dawn Part 2, which is over now. I think probably the credits are still playing somewhere, but we turned the DVD off. We saw the scrapbook credits. (laughs) And then most of the second credits, and there might have been a third credits lurking somewhere. Yeah, I mean the credits for the people who made the first credits. (laughs) (laughs) If you're not familiar, the... The credit, I mean, it is, it pulls in characters who weren't even in this movie. Like, anybody who was in any of the previous four movies for a significant amount of time gets to be in these credits. They were very beautiful. (laughs) Very beautiful credits. And to start with the end and then go back to the beginning, this movie ends with Bella showing Eric a mental vid of... Who's (laughs) Eric? Edward... (laughs) Bella has crossed over into the Little Mermaid universe. Um, Bella showing Edward a mental vid that she has created about the history of their relationship. Mm-hmm. Doug then, Benson says that her power is mental scrapbooking, which is pretty accurate. Then that fades to black and it flashes to a picture of a recreation of the last page of Breaking Dawn. And it highlights the last word of the book, which is forever, and then another fade to black, and then the scrapbook credits start, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they go through all the characters, and then for Jacob, Edward, and Bella, they they bring the fake book back. <laughs> yeah, and I think it shows the page where those characters are first introduced, but it's very quick, and it just highlights their name. So it kind of seems like it's just like, these characters had their name in the book, remember? <laughs> Remember their name? It's Edward Cullen. (laughs) Not Eric. Thank you for watching Twilight. Goodbye. I should have been paying more attention. It was was right there in the credits. (laughs) Oh, 
Okay, so moving backwards, Mr. Robot, Rami Malek, is in this movie, and I primarily know him from this movie. So whenever I see him, which is fairly often nowadays, I'm like, oh, like... The Egyptian vampire is doing real good for himself these days. <laughs> good for him. Also, Lee Pace is in this movie, which I didn't realize until Becca made a comment when she walked in to steal some chips, and then she told me it was Lee Pace, and I guess it is Lee Pace. Anyway, that's the end of that story. Yeah, a lot of people are like very shocked slash betrayed that Lee Pace is in this. <laughs> I don't have a strong attachment to Lee Pace. I mainly actually think of him <laughs> as the Revolutionary War vampire. <laughs> From Breaking Dawn. <laughs> also, and this is not new, this is from the other movies as well, Michael Sheen plays the lead, like... Volturi. Yeah, vampire. And he just, He like, is devouring he, the scenery. He goes to town. <laughs> There's a part where Mr. Robot makes a big crack on the ground, because that's his power. But I think it's actually just because Michael Sheen ate all that scenery. <laughs> And it caused a chasm for everyone to fall into. <laughs> Michael Sheen has never had a better time in his life than he has doing this. When Michael Sheen meets the baby that Jacob wants to fuck, his laugh is like... <laughs> <laughs> She's not even exaggerating. <laughs> it was like that. It was so great because it's coming out of like an old white dude vampire, not me, <laughs> who also, might conceivably laugh like that. <laughs> Jacob really wants to fuck this baby. Oh my god, he wants to fuck her so much. <laughs> I had some... I don't, maybe this is my fault for taking these people seriously, but there have been people who have said to me, like, oh, it's not that weird that he wants to fuck the baby eventually. Like, because you... Were these people Stephanie Meyer? <laughs> who was telling know. you this? It was, it was when I used to work at the bookstore. Okay. It, no, it never stops being weird that he very clearly is like, this baby's going to grow up and I'm going to fuck her. Yes. <laughs> Which, I guess we haven't covered the Breaking Dawn book, so maybe conceivably you're not aware that Jacob Black, our werewolf friend, imprints on the baby, Renesme. And, and that is, that's like the explanation for why he felt so strongly about Bella is because he knew that Renesme was coming eventually, and yeah. that was his destined soulmate. On some psychic soulmate. level, yes. Yeah. And he, like, before the baby's born, he gives this whole monologue about how imprinting isn't necessarily sexual, and maybe it's just, like, big brother feelings, and so it's totally not weird to imprint on a baby. But guess what? That's life. It's fucking weird. <laughs> it <is> so weird. <laughs> So weird. And then, so, uh, because Renesmee is half vampire, half human, she ages very rapidly, so she's like a tween by the end of this movie. And then uh, we find out from this other immortal child that after like seven years of age, they reach like full grown physically. Like, does this mean Jacob is going to fuck a seven-year-old, though? Because like mentally she would still be seven years old, and I just don't feel comfortable. I, I just have so many questions. How how will they bring her to school? They can't bring her to school if she's, like, aging two years every oh, shit, five yeah. days. She can't go to high school even one time. <laughs> Actually, maybe she could go to high school if she gets stuck there, but she can't go to elementary school. Nope. Ooh, she's gonna have to homeschool, and she's gonna be weird. Yeah. Because I don't get the impression that Belle paid a lot of attention when she was in school. I mean, at least the Collins went to school a hundred times, so they <laughs> probably have the curriculum down. Um, what else happened in this movie? There's a big... They, 
Uh, well, they got uh, they got their love shack. They get their yeah. They ha- they're built a special house like down the road from the Cullens, basically, so they can just fuck as much as they want and not bother everyone else. I guess. And they have a fairly explicit discussion about like how horny they are and how they can't imagine ever not being horny. Yeah, it's weird. It is, and they also. So, like, the general quick summary of the plot is that the the bad vampires, the Volturi, find out that they have this baby who they think is an immortal child, which is a child that's turned into a vampire, but, like, they're really temperamental because they're children and they're illegal, essentially, in vampire world. Right, because and then it shows this cool flashback where this like toddler vampire ate an entire village, and then Dakota Fanning, Dakota Fanning, rips his head off, and then, like, so they have to the Volturi are coming, quote unquote. They say that, and then it's like six months later. That yeah, they they're not going to come until the first snowfall sticks to the ground. Yeah, and it's like just very September. Yeah. So we've got some time, and also the Pacific Northwest. So who knows if snow's even gonna come this year? Mm-hmm. Well, it did. Okay. Yes, it did. It, it did. did. But um, so they they're like, well, the only thing we can do is have all the other vampires we know come and say like, no, like this isn't an immortal child. She's cool because she grows so fast that if they come hang out in the Collins house for like a week, they'll be like, oh, she is visibly bigger. Yeah. So even they. Like, the entire movie is just these vamp- new vampires coming in, being introduced. It's like the scene in X on First Class when they're, like, on a road trip to get new mutants. Yes, it's- except for, like, an hour. Yeah. It's much longer. There's uh, less erotic tension. Yeah. But the- it is, like, excellent also in that most of the vampires they're recruiting have cool powers. Yes. The child who plays Renesme has this wig on the entire movie that is just so distracting. It's just so poorly made and doesn't sit right on her head. I got a beef with this movie, which is mostly flawless and amazing. (laughs) I got a beef, which is one of the vampires, one of the, like, very minor side vampires in the books is named Renata, and, which is cool, because that's my name, but that character is not named in the film. What the fuck? That's terrible. There's a Kate, though. Spelled wrong, though. Yeah. Uh, There was one fat vampire, which I appreciated. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I, I mean, I guess more things happen. This, this movie was slightly more interesting than the previous ones had been. We didn't even talk about the main shocking thing, which is there's this huge battle between the Volturi and the werewolves and the good vampires. And, like, Carla Collins' get, head gets ripped off, like, right away, like, immediately. Like, everybody gets very graphically killed. And in the theaters, everyone who hadn't seen the books was like, oh my god! And, which, by the way, I saw this movie in the theaters, and people were legit freaking out. Um, But then it's revealed that that was not real. That was just, Alice was showing a vision of what might happen, and she showed it to Michael Sheen to be like, see, like, I played this all out for you uh, as, like, a simulation, so why don't we just, like, skip it and all go home and have snacks? And he's like, sounds good. Yeah. Um, so I guess, I guess, like, just to summarize kind of this whole experiment of watching all the 900 Twilight movies, and by experiment I mean thing that you paid us to do via Patreon. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Thank you, by the way. I, I feel like, 
I mean, I get that it's a cash cow and you want to, like, milk it for all that it's worth. By you, uh, I think you mean Summit Entertainment. Yes. Not us on Patreon. No. I mean, but if you want to give us more money, like, please (laughs) do. Uh, I said this on Twitter and I'll stand behind it. If uh, we get up to, like, $3,000 a month on Patreon, I will absolutely write Julie of the Werewolves as my full-time job. Yeah. But, um, I, I think if I, story-wise, like, and I get that this would never happen because all they really want is to make money, but I feel like the better way to go about this would be to look at all four books as one story mm-hmm. and then divide the movies up that way because you have New Moon where nothing happens that could be summarized very quick. Like, I, I just think you could have cut a lot out and maybe made this three movies instead of five. I well, this is shocking. <laughs> but yeah, they, they, I would say New Moon was the worst. That was just boring. I think there's sort of an inverse, like the better quote, the book is, the worse they were at adapting it. Perhaps. I didn't think New Moon was a very good book, though. Uh, I thought New Moon was a better book than it was a movie. I'm not saying it's a great book, but of the Twilight Saga, I thought it was one of the better books. Yeah. I don't know. I I haven't read Breaking Dawn yet, obviously, but New Moon and Eclipse both felt very samey to me, mm-hmm. and, but New Moon had those long periods where nothing happened. Mm-hmm. So Eclipse kind of won out over it that way. Um, I would say the, the Twilight movie was very good. I mean, not very good. <laughs> Comparatively, in the comparison. The of... Twilight movie was robbed of its Oscar. <laughs> for Anna Kendrick. Um, the, the Breaking Dawn movies were also decent. Eclipse was better than New Moon. New Moon was not a good movie. That would be my order of the movies. Yeah. Yeah. I think all around, I think the movies are, like, very smartly adapted from the source material. Like, um, just if, especially if you are sticking to one book, one movie, or two movies, one book. But I think they tighten things up in general and kind of make them a little more funny, usually. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit. For you, what was five minutes ago and what for us was several hours ago. So long. That the woman who does, who wrote the screenplays for all five movies, um, also is the showrunner for things like Dexter and Jessica Jones and several other, like, more action-y, procedurally things. And I definitely felt that going into them, that she definitely was trying to find a plot, was trying to find something more than just Mm -hmm. kind of what exists on the page, which I appreciate, even if it wasn't always successful. Mm -hmm. I think for the target audience of these movies, I think a lot of the joy of it is just like, oh, it's these characters on the screen, and just, like, and for us, because, I mean, especially for Kate, I kind of did feel some sort of attachment to these characters, but of like, oh, and now it's the part when Jacob and and Bella go cliff diving, cool, I'm excited for this, and if you're not into it, if you're only doing this for a podcast, for example, then it's like, a drudge. Yeah, which I totally understand. Like, I am a person who, well, will go see basically any X-Men movie. Yeah. And they're not very good. There's, there's like, I would say maybe three of them that are actually good movies. Another additional one that I actually, like, enjoy watching. And then two others. And then the Wolverine movies, which I'm not even touching. Which is not, I just haven't seen them. Um, but... 
like I, I get that. Like I get that there are movies that are made for fans, and that yeah, where it's like, oh cool, like audience. oh like it's a fastball special on screen. Cool, I want to see that, even yes. if it's like well, uh, that was sort of pointless. There was a fastball special in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was. <laughs> <laughs> the fight scene was amazing. It was actually yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty good. There was a lot of beheading. So much. There was a lot of head shattering. There was one part where one of the vampires pulled, beheaded the other one of the bad vampires like by his jaw, like by like the bottom half yeah. of his jaw was attached to his body and she pulled him up by his mouth and it was a thing that happened. It was cool. Um but yeah, like I'm not the intended audience of these movies. I understand that. They made a bajillion dollars. And th- yeah, and that's the biggest indicator of quality. Yeah. Well, at least the <laughs> the biggest indicator of what makes a successful movie. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that was all the Twilight movies, which we watched over the course of about two weeks. Yeah, well, yeah, two days. I mean there was well, two days. Two, yeah. Two weeks apart. Yes. Um, yeah, so thank you again for, uh, providing the money that funded this. Truly thank you. I'm thanking you more sincerely than Kate is. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm thankful for the money. <laughs> I'm thankful for the experience. <laughs> you suckers don't know I would have done this for free. <laughs> I've done this for negative free, because I paid to see all these in theaters. <laughs> uh, yeah, so thanks again, and, uh, I don't know when this is gonna go up. But there'll be more episodes soon of the actual show. Yeah, just, you know how podcasts work. You do, it's fine. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Fine, we're normal. Dot com. <laughs> okay, I think I think we did that. I might edit out some of that, but maybe I won't. <laughs> uh, okay.